0: Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Hey, everybody. Wendy Sellers here, the HR lady. Welcome back to our conversation about shoving the cfo and the chro in the room together (laughs) okay no shoving no shoving workers comp would not like that nor would osha so what we do want to do though is talk to our guest expert uh, as who is a fractional cfo phil is going to explain to us some case studies of what happens hopefully good ones but i have a feeling you might be sharing with us maybe a not so good one of when you put the cfo and hr in the room together and then what happens
1: Sure. And uh, I may uh, take a long route to get there, but I grew up in Detroit. Uh, back in the days when uh, we had some glory days in the city with the big three, when the big three were really the big three before they started their 50 year decline. Uh, but what happened was there was such an antagonism between management and labor created by the uh, uh, UAW extracting uh, their uh, hefty benefits from the company over the uh, uh, decades. And I'm the son of a, UA, a UAW two and die worker, so I, I was growing up to. Uh, uh, appreciate what the good the unions did. But if you ever read the book, uh, The Reckoning by David Halberstam, did a beautiful job of comparing the American and Japanese auto industries and really showed that difference between uh, uh, having management and labor uh, working against each other rather than working uh, together. The role of the Japanese labor unions was to uh, speak up when they thought management wasn't uh, performing in a way to help them compete more effectively. Wow. And I uh, liken that to uh, working with the uh, two types of uh, HR leaders I've encountered in my career. HR leaders have big hearts, beautiful people. Some of them are so focused on just extracting uh, benefits for the sake of the employees uh, that uh, it all they don't uh, invest themselves to look at the other side of the coin, which is... Uh, uh, acting and if as uh, in partnership with the CFO,
0: right.
1: drive better results so the pie gets enlarged and uh, everybody wins. Uh, my best relationships with uh, HR leaders are the ones who uh, I feel like are we're uh, are combining our superpowers to right. figure out how to get the uh, the pie enlarged and we all win. More like the Japanese relationships of the auto industry than the American. Yeah. Really,
0: yeah. That, I think that's a great way to explain it, too, is like the superpowers. Right. But you just got to make sure they're real superpowers, because I have experience in the past and I still do once in a while uh, where I'm working with people that are wearing the HR hat and they're not wearing a business hat. Right. They're like, let's just give more and more and more to our employees. And it's, I, I don't ever see a CFO you know, going. Yes, let's give everything away. Unless we're getting something back and it's it's, you know, there's a there's all sides of business of saying I'd be more than happy to share the revenue with our employees as long as we're getting highly engaged employees, which means highly engaged managers, which means you have to actually provide feedback to all your employees, all your training, all your uh, uh, managers. And then I don't know, train your managers how to be managers and then hold them accountable. Joking, what happens when you train people to do things and then hold them accountable that you might actually make money off the money that you're spending it's, it's, it's this big wheel but i i appreciate looking at the numbers and going oh that doesn't make sense thank you for explaining that to me what other case study do you have here phil
1: Case study number two you let, did, gave a perfect lead into uh general electric yeah back uh, in the last part of the last century was the number one uh, company in the world market cap. Uh, if, if you read uh, Jack Welsh, the, the CEO's uh, play-by-play to how he got there, a big part of it was his heavy investment in leadership development, and uh, that you know really shows that. Uh, leadership development investment, uh, produces great results. And GE was t- number one, number two in a lot of different industries because of the investment they made to just create the leaders and the managers that uh, would be able to attract talent and engage employees and drive results. One of my favorite uh, HR finance uh, relationships I had was with the uh, Bright House Networks in Florida, where uh, uh, both the, uh, the uh, myself and the uh, uh, chief HR officer in Tampa were asked to move to Orlando to help create a Bright House Florida team uh, that uh, wanted to invest in creating a women's leadership circle. And uh, Linda, my HR friend, uh, recognized that having finance training as part of that uh, training set program, development program, was critical. So I would spend uh, a day of each year in front of uh, 15 uh, future leaders, uh, creating a uh, running them through an intense program to get their uh, financial game raised so they could be more effective leaders going going forward. And one of the most favorite uh, impactful things that I would do during my, uh, uh, time there. Uh, investment in leadership, I think is the, probably the most compelling investment a business can make because that just leads to, uh, a retaining, uh, strong talent, uh, both by, uh, keeping the leaders around and having the people work for them, want to work for them.
0: Mr. Phil, every year, GE, GE invests more than $1 billion in structured training for its employees around the world. GE is still investing in leadership and development training from back in the day in the case study all the way till today. Some stats to support him right there. Can't go wrong. Bill, you said you you found sound like quite the disruptor. So we're gonna talk about that in a minute too, because Phil is not only this famous CFO in the business space, but he is all over YouTube for his shenanigans (laughs) in trying to help HR. So we'll be right back and talk about that in a moment.